0: Hello, this is a promo for The Daily with Stein on Anchor. On Monday's show, we're going to be discussing the book by Sandra Schofield called The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer. On Monday's show, we'll be discussing the basics, basic concepts about scenes, and why are scenes so powerful. By the end of the week, we'll know why are scenes so powerful, what is a scene, and what are the four basic scene elements We'll also have some exercises that she provides for this book. I really hope you'll join us starting Monday on The Daily with Silstein here on Anchor. I'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend. Hello and welcome to The Daily with Silstein. On today's show, we're going to cover the book by author Sandra Schofield. It's called The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer. As I had mentioned on my promo... We're going to be going over in this first part of the for Monday is the basics, basic concepts about scenes. We're going to recognize how much you already know about scenes and identify some basic concepts about them. In this week, we're going to find out why are scenes so powerful? What is a scene? What are four basic scene elements and exercises? For today we're gonna to start off with why are scenes so powerful? And I hope you really uh, go out and get this book as the last book that I discussed last week. Uh, this year you write your novel by author or best selling author Walter Mosley. This book by Sandra Schofield is a very good book to get. The scene book as it is described is a fundamental guide to crafting more effective scenes in fiction in clear, simple language. The award-winning author, Sandra Schofield, shows both the beginning and the seasoned writer how to build better scenes, the underpinning of any good narrative. So I hope you will get that. And from one of the uh, people that reviewed it, or uh, one of the things that Sandra Schofield said, sorry, is inspiration, analysis, reflection, restructuring, rewriting, and editing are different parts of a grand process we call writing. Domestifying that process will give you a greater sense of control over your work. We are not beginners forever, but we never stop learning. So this is a whole key of the daily with Silstein. I believe the same thing she does in in what she has said about this book. This show is to bring insights of different ways to help the either seasoned writer or people that are starting off into writing be, you know, the, you know, as we call it, the author that's developing a manuscript or working on a draft, or whether you're afraid to do so. This show of the daily is to bring you different things that will help you and influence you throughout so that you can begin your journey on writing. As we did with this year, you write your novel. We'll go back to that again. We discussed uh, the, the narrative voices. Today, we're focusing all about why are scenes so powerful? We're trying to help make basic concepts about scenes and how to make them better. And I hope you'll enjoy us and join it and uh, and join us in this session of the Daily Stein. I am author Sylvia Stein, and I'm so happy to be with you this uh, Monday, which is a little rainy in here in North Carolina. Uh, but I hope that you guys are having a great day today. I'm so happy to be here, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. As we said, we're discussing the book by Sandra Schofield, the scene book of Primer for Fiction Writers, and we're gonna begin with why are scenes so powerful? She says, the scene is the most vivid and immediate part of a story, the place where the reader is the most emotionally involved, the part that leaves the reader with images and a memory of the action. So that's what she puts on here. And wire scene so powerful. And she goes on to say, On many occasions and events stand out, or many occasions and events stand out in our minds, and we swear we can remember just what happened. Moment by moment, how many times have you heard someone say, I walked in on such a scene? Such occasions are memorable because people interacted in emotional, eventful ways. You probably talk about other kinds of scenes, she says, that you observe like the mother child quarrel in a grocery store aisle that made you uneasy because it went on a little too long. That has happened to me, I can speak from experience. She mentions this and as she she said this and I was reading it, I can clearly remember several of those with my children. Uh, Now I have three children. Um, a 12-year-old now and an 11-year-old and my youngest, 7-years-old. But I can remember several little tantrums when they were around 2 or 3, whether you're at a Target, at a Walmart, or at a grocery store, and your child has a little fit, and then you're trying to calm them down so you don't get the stares that, you know, some people give you when your child acts up. So I could already see a scene playing in my head you know, while trying to also attend to my child. But as a writer, I'm always uh, trying to create something. And I it did end up using it for a short story a while back that I will share at a later time. But um, in, in this case, you know, going back to the book, she says, um, you know, you observe something like a mother child quarrel in a grocery store. Or that magical moment on your beach vacation when you heard tinkling sounds and children singing. And then suddenly the children passed by you, all of them with mask and homemade instruments, bells, combs, and rattles. Remember that the sun was just setting in. In fact, you don't really know what happened. You just know that you were there for it. Yeah, sometimes we have little images like those, like especially when we get together to go to a vacation the whole point of a vacation like my husband and I when we do get away it's all about disconnecting with everything just taking our children out whether it's to a beach or to a williamsburg virginia um we do have those moments where we take them to amusement park and there's a lot of crowds and sounds but there are those times that we just you know go out to like a beach and just kind of enjoy the waves hitting us and you enjoy you see a lot of people but then you know you're in a relaxed mode and a lot of times the only things you remember like for me um that what comes to mind are my children's laughter enjoying the waves hitting us and it's just a nice relaxing time so we all have different things that we can remember so I can relate totally to this and we'll be right back Welcome back to The Daily with Silstein. As we were saying in the last segment, we were showing read starting out on why are scenes so powerful and Sandra Schofield is giving us some examples. And I was sharing my own examples of, of what scenes are or what, what you remember from them in your own experiences. She continues on. And this is on page four of her paperback, The Scene Book, A Primer for the Fiction Writer. When you observe something happening, but you are not involved, even if you see only a part of the incident, you sense the thrill or the thrall, sorry, of story. You are passing or intersecting a scene that someone else is playing out. We do this often. Writers notice such moments. As I explained about my, you know, writing a scene about my child going into a temper tantrum, And, you know, I could hear the screams, but at the same time, I could see myself envisioning writing this story or or much later, you know, having to tell the story of my child, uh, you know, having a breakdown at the grocery store for wanting a candy or something that I wouldn't let them have because, you know, I didn't want them to spoil their dinner and stuff like that. Every parent can relate to something like this or any any other type of, of interaction that you may have at a grocery store. Uh, or any type of scene anyway let's get back to this recently she says as I waited at an intersection behind several cars I noticed on my right a driveway in which a woman was standing by a car she says the hatchback was open and her arms were crossed in front of her she looked so stricken I felt a pang just as I pulled away I saw a man come to the car and throw a box in the back I thought of that scene all day. What had happened between the man and the woman? Was he leaving and would he come back? Was there some bitter necessity separating them or was anger fueling his action? So, so these are some things we do notice. We have seen them from time to time. We do see people, either it looks like they're quarreling, but we don't have all the details. It happens. And uh, she mentions this on here in her book. She continues on. Our memories are filled with images that are doors into old scenes in our lives. A few years ago, she says, I happened to be working on an early draft of a memoir about my, about my teen years when I turned on the television late one night and caught an old movie with Sandra Dee. Just the sight of her round pretty face brought back the memory of the night at the movies when I quarreled with my first boyfriend because he accused me of being jealous of her. When I got back to my writing, a wealth of details poured onto the page. That recalled incident became an important part of explaining who I was at 15, and because I saw the Sandra D movie so many years later, I was able to reconstruct a scene in a car at a theater, at a driving theater, she says. So basically, here she's explaining, getting into the type of scene she created as a teen while writing her memoir. She can recall that. And she goes into, tap into your own sense of scene. Make it a habit to extend those moments that catch your eye. Follow fragmentary memories back to the place where they hold story. If you are in a writing group, consider an occasional warm-up exercise of telling scenes, no more than... Three or four minutes each. Think, begin, uh, think beginning, middle, and end. Don't digress too much. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Daily with Silstein. We've been discussing the book, The Scene Book, a primer for the fiction writer by Sandra Schofield, and we are discussing or going over the basics. Why are scenes so powerful? We left off with where she says, to tap into your own sense of scene. Make it a habit to extend those moments that catch your eye. Follow fragmentary memories back to the place where they hold story. If you're in a writing group, consider an occasional warm up exercise of telling scenes, no more than three or four minutes each. Think beginning, middle, end. Don't digress too much. Then she goes on to say, other scenes that stay with us. Are those from movies we have loved because they are full of heightened emotion and they are visually powerful. List scenes that, you're, that you have liked and then try to analyze what was so appealing about them. You will see that, above all else, something happened. Films are built of linked scenes that move a story forward toward its consequences and resolution. Usually we remember the high moment or culmination of a sequence of events a sequence of scenes. Sometimes it is a tense moment of action, such as when an athlete wins against all odds or lovers part because great events around them make their union impossible. Memorable scenes aren't always made of big action, of course. Often there are those times when the story slows down and we experience the characters in intimate moments. Notice how much we can feel without being told exactly what the characters are feeling. So here she's going into more of remember scenes in a mo in a like in a movie, See them playing your mind. Um, like those that you can remember that a lot of times, you know, we don't need we, we look at a scene and from a movie, We can see or feel what's going to occur just by the action or the the music playing in the background. Like the musical score is among one of the things you notice in a lot of these films that where there is a a conclusion of things that are happening. So here she's asking us to reflect on that. And we'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back. As we left off in the last section of the scene book, Primer for the Fiction Writer by Sandra Schofield, sorry. Um, We were talking about memorable scenes aren't always made of big action, of course. Often there are those times when the story slows down and we experience the characters in intimate moments. And this is talking about movies and how they, uh, they carry a scene. She says, notice how much we can feel without being told exactly what the characters are feeling. She continues on, and this is on page five of her book, the paperback book. All too often, she says, the apprentice fiction writer gets caught up in the thoughts of characters and forgets to make something happen in a scene. The writer forgets, she says, that action causes reactions. Narrative is sensory and active, and movies exploit those aspects of story. She goes on to say, written narrative is rich in a different way because the writer can delve into more aspects of an, uh, sorry, aspects of an experience than a movie can, taking us deep into the souls of characters, balanced with an illuminating action. She's, he she continues, we are able to share in those memories and digressive consciousness of characters. Think of, for example, she gives the example of Virginia Woolf and Chekhov. Because images are seen only in the mind, readers have to participate in the process of the story, and the writer has immense latitude in moving about in time and space, confident that the reader will follow. So although there are things to be learned from screenwriting about developing characters and stories, I don't recommend trying to learn narrative structure from screenplays, she says. Hollywood loves the formula. That's not what you need. Most good indie films ignore the formula. You don't want to turn the uh, turn to movie memories for images to use in your fiction any more than you would use passages from other writers' books. So she recommends there are ways to use movies to your advantage as an apprentice writer. I've already mentioned looking at the ways characters uh, characters reveal are revealed through action and as a moviegoer you know that viewers expect a certain amount of speed and spectacle so without undercutting your own sensibilities she recommends you can keep the likely impatience of readers in mind if you recognize that you have a tendency to wander keep an eye on the distance between moments of action one way is to intersperse long passages of narration with vivid bits from scenes Short story writers have to be deft at this because it is economical. Something the form demands. So here, she's saying that, yeah, you can, you know, you can try to create a scene, but you need to do it um, without undercutting your own sensibility. That you can cle- keep the likely impatience of readers in mind. So those are that's the advice she gives on. You know, when you try to uh, write a story like a movie in a book, try to do it in a little different way. Take another angle, another approach, and we'll continue on with this in a moment. (coughs) Thank you for joining us today, Monday, on The Daily with Silstein. Now, continuing on, using the book by Sandra Schofield, The Scene Book, Primer for the Fiction Writer, we'll resume with what we were saying about... Movies and scenes. Movies are also good source material for writing practice. She says, "If there are particular movie scenes that you love, watch them over and over, and try writing them as if they are scenes in a novel. This this will free you from having to make things up, so that you can concentrate on how to convey what is happening. What went by so quickly on the screen will take you much longer to put on the page because." The visual aspects have to be conveyed in words. You have to integrate all that description with the action. A great exercise, and you will almost involuntarily emphasize event over emotion. That is the external over the internal. Again, a good, good exercise. At the same time, you can do what the screenwriter couldn't do, which is to employ character interiority. As one aspect of emotional response, you can turn the movie scene into prose fiction. Do not turn to the novelized movie books for models. They're just scripts written out a bit. If you enjoy doing this, some screenplays are published and you can use the dialogue and develop the rest. It doesn't really matter if you have the dialogue right though, as long as you write a scene you are pleased with. Here are some screenplays that I suggest because they have scenes that transfer to thinking in prose. So she recommends here, uh, Babette's Feast. This is based on a story by Isaac Dinesen and uh, in parentheses is uh, Karen Blixen. So I guess that's the pen name. This would be an interesting film to look at uh, after you work through chapter 11. Big scenes. It involves the preparation of a lavish feast by a French refugee who has won the lottery. and spends it all to thank the Danes who took her in. Trying to convey the puzzlement of of the repressed Danes will challenge you. Capture the horror of the devout sisters serving the kitchen who consider the rich food a sign of witchery and who vow to eat but not to taste the rich fare. Since it's not in English, you can focus on the sensuality of the scenes. That's why she recommends that one. The next one is a very uh, a, a classic uh, film, The Breakfast Club. Who'd, I mean, if you have not seen it yet, this is uh, about five high school students who meet on Saturday in detention. You can pick any of the scenes that you enjoy the most and try to convey the action crisply. I'd pick one of the main characters and focus on him or her enough that you feel you can write a scene and make up the dialogue. You know the essence of the scene from watching it without trying to copy exactly what was in the film. This way you practice observing and then translating into prose. It doesn't matter if it's faithful to the script. The next one she describes is Desert Bloom, a classic coming-of-age film in which a girl learns about herself and her troubled father, a veteran, during the time of the Nevada bomb testing in the 50s. Scenes range from intimate, poignant ones between the girl and her visiting aunt to the father's violent outbursts at his family. John Boyd and Ellen Barkin are especially good with great emotional gestures for you to convey with words. The movie is structured in a patchwork of scenes, and there are many... That are developed well enough for study. Try a quieter one. Such as between the ant and the girl. And then one with Voight in high gear. There's one where he tears up his study. And then one where he blows up at his family. So there, these are some of the examples that we're going to start with for today's show. I'm going to work on one myself. You try to pick a movie that you can work on with it, exactly with what she says. Try to work on a scene without trying to copy the movie and on that note we're going to leave you uh with this show from the daily and we'll continue on on Wednesday's show we're going to go over the scenes of, of the movies and give give more examples of the movies she suggests and then we're going to describe scene what is a scene and we're going to go into an action of a scene And thank you for joining us on The Daily. I hope you'll join us again. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on The Daily with Sil Stein here on Anchor. On today's show, we discuss about the basic concepts about scenes. And why are they so powerful? On Wednesday's show, we're going to continue on. We're going to keep giving the examples of the recommended movies. I'll start off with one of the scenes I chose to write about, just like Sandra explained on her book. And then we're going to go into the different elements of what is a scene. Scene is action, and we're going to speak more about that. I appreciate you joining us today here on Anchor on the Daily with Silstein. We'll see you all on Wednesday and thank you.